0: Wait, let's hear what you got, Donald.
1: <clears throat> War. Huh. Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Black Codes Podcast. Your show about how America came to be through the black lens. This is your co-host. Donald with our judicious co-host Savannah.
0: Oh, a new adjective alert. Hello.
1: Yes, yes, yes. How you doing?
0: I'm good. Um, If I can be honest, I was thinking about I kind of have to pee. Should I do that now or should I do that later? I'm choosing to do it later because I'm like, a, I think I've talked about this. I'm like an old lady. As soon as I break the seal, it's done for. Like it's just pee city. So we're gonna hold it. We'll see how long I can make it through this episode.
1: Goodness, goodness. How'd you think? How'd you like my song?
0: Um, I've definitely heard a uh, worse version. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's not yes, like the worst everybody. version that I've ever heard so that's like a, Wait, that's a way shout to out. save
1: my ego there <laughs> <laughs> way to, shout out to Edwin Starr one of those anti-Vietnam songs I did not know it was an anti-Vietnam song so I just went to watch the YouTube to understand the right pacing of singing it because I kept forgetting the yeah uh, when I was rehearsing it
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's a song that's like synonymous with rush hour now, but yeah, it was definitely one of those political songs that a lot of people made that were against the war. Uh, when did Vietnam happen in the 60s, 70s? Yeah, that sounds about
1: right. It was like 67, I think. Um Something like 67.
0: And a lot of people thought that that war was absolute bullshit, and they made songs about it.
1: Yeah, I had no idea that song had anything to do with Vietnam. Literally until about was it 3 minutes ago? <laughs> I only knew it because of rush hour. Yeah. I agree with the song. I just only thought of yeah. because of rush hour.
0: Exactly. I mean it literally is like iconic that scene of them together singing it. It's like just that's what you think about when you think of that song, but the roots run deeper like most things.
1: Yeah. Right before we recorded, we were having a little conversation about war in itself. And American movies, and probably not even just American movies, even other countries' movies, romanticize war so much.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm watching a show on Netflix, "The Age of the Samurai," and I love these old, like um, imperial stories, like as much as like I hate the actual effects of colonization, this really bare, deep, deep-boned ambition, right? some little part of me wishes I lived in the old times. And this is a bad confession, but it is what it is. <laughs> I would have loved to have been like one of these like generals that like helped do this kind of stuff, at least in my head, right? This little part of me that like is obsessed with, oh my God, look at expansion and having all this mm-hmm. territory and being able to say I own all these things, right? Sounds great. But then I read this stuff and I watch it and I'm like, yo, it's a lot of fucking people that died. Like yeah. I've listened to these war movies and these war stories, and they're like, "Yeah, we had thirty five thousand troops go there," and like this is back before guns. We're talking like hand to hand combat, and yeah. I'm like, sure. "Yo, thirty five thousand people got in hand to hand combat for twelve hours, and then they did that day after day after day for weeks. Mm-hmm. This is terrible. Like for this is me- disgusting. Like yeah. you watch it and you see all these dead bodies, and it's like." Bro, people be proud of this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for weeks, for months, for years on end, people are drafted in wars almost, I won't say since the dawn of time, but definitely, like, people are fighting for all different types of things, and especially once humans begin to settle into uh, communities, people start to think outward and think about expanding. And prior to that obviously like you might have to fight over some land if it's prime land and it's just not big enough to share but yeah I was saying to you that combat like war is probably the single most um like the highest more unnatural mortality rate for humans throughout human existence I don't want to say, like, illnesses, even if they are unnatural, like, these random plagues and shit that come to be. But, like, wars, because they're almost always unnecessary. And most of the people that are dying, especially once, like, the kings or the warlords stopped actually participating in the fighting, they they wouldn't even go to the battlefields. They were just in their castle and hearing, like, what was going on in the field. That shit's completely unnecessary. Like you don't even care enough to fucking show up and see what's going on. You just you're so consumed with greed that you don't care that hundreds, thousands of of especially at you know during that time, men are losing their lives because you want to fucking conquer Turkey. <laughs> you know, it's 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 yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It's
1: like I've been I'm like four episodes through this Age of the Samurai show. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it just, on one hand, it sounds so cool hearing about Nobunaga's conquest. But on the other hand, I'm like, man, this is an era where he was on the battlefield. And like, yeah. you can just see where people flip mentally. Like they talk about once you kill somebody, it's easier to keep killing oh, people. Yeah. And then you start thinking about this in mass as a soldier and like, mm-hmm. like people just slip, like they're just gone. And you can see that with these like warlord leaders. And so watching this, I'm like, this is actually terrible. Like the idea, right, of owning and controlling all this territory sounds cool. And then you realize like this farmer is never going to go back home. Like he got his head chopped off. It's crazy. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. And it's it's unnatural. Um, And like I said, it's unnecessary. And I'm not... I am not faux progress. I love progress, but I don't think that it needs to be on the backs of people that aren't really going to see that progress at all, you know? But we definitely... Yeah, were they had this college. other show. Uh, what show?
1: It was called... It was about Mehmed II, and it was about the fall of Constantinople to create Istanbul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. he gets praise with all this you know, the Ottoman Empire gets praised with doing all this mm-hmm. work to be able to unite these religions and make people come together. But like at the cost of a 100,000 people, is that really necessary?
0: No, it wasn't. Um, and we're still fighting in stupid ass wars that we don't need to be like it just it continues. It continues. Um, but outside of that, you, my friend, you're drinking on something over there.
1: So I think it's a hot toddy, but I'm not totally huh. sure it counts. Well, I made mint tea okay. and I put crown in it.
0: Oh, yeah. So, so some people will argue what a hot toddy is, some people, um, think that it's honestly just warmed hot whiskey and a lemon some people do hot water and whiskey and a lemon and honey some people add a tea bag um, with all of those ingredients so it, it definitely just depends but you're drinking a hot toddy so that's what's up Shout okay. out shut out I wasn't
1: to sure that. if it was supposed to be a specific type of alcohol
0: no I mean it's whiskey crown is whiskey it's apple whiskey which is the yes, thing I'm <laughs> um but we're getting
1: that crowns whiskey
0: yeah it is um what you drinking on i'm drinking a whiskey as well i think it's the same bottle that i was drinking the last time you recorded which means i'm not going to say the company because i don't want to shout them out um but i'm drinking that and a vanilla coke
1: quietly drinking
0: racist whiskey I don't want to talk about it um so a little bit of an update before we get into our episode this week one of my friends her name is Nika she is an avid listener to our podcast she listens to every single episode and she texted me this morning and said tell Donald to stop coming for vegans so she has some smoke with you, <laughs> you talk to husband, too often for her. She does not like the energy. She's not fucking with it, and so she wanted to let you know that, like, back off, relax, relax. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, yo, when we think about war and people trying to defend their territory. Imagine if vegans like had guns in the seventeenth century, like. <laughs> They would be a cause of so many casualties for their cause. It would be unbelievable.
0: That's a whole nother argument. What do you mean you're out
1: there farming?
0: Die, <laughs> die! You can't farm. Yeah, that's a whole other. That's a whole argument. Um, Yo, I'm... at the
1: rise of civilization, when people started like hurting animals, mm-hmm. if vegans were a thing back then, it, we would never be here today because they would have stopped all that shit
0: yeah and some and some people like there are some long standing religious people that don't necessarily eat meat uh, like Hindus don't really eat a lot of meat I think especially depending on how like um, what's the word I don't want to say orthodox it's another word strict maybe some of them don't eat meat at all they live a completely vegetarian lifestyle no. um And they, you know, they look at animals as being, like, uh, cattle specifically as being, like, kind of sacred um, animals. I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of, especially, like, American veganism, we're going to get out of here and actually get into the topic, but I think American veganism, a lot of it doesn't, it stems out of you and I should just have a conversation about this another time and like really get into it. Cause it's, it is a whole thing. And I like want us to get into our episode.
1: My final thought for you, Nika, there's people (laughs) who just don't eat meat and then there are Mm -hmm. vegans. (laughs) They are not the same.
0: That I can agree with. She is not really, she's not a vegan like that though. She's a person that doesn't eat meat. Um, okay, but she, everyone gets calm together. and She doesn't like the smoke, so maybe you need to be clear from now on. <laughs> I'm not coming at it's like you know, when, when people attack white people, and it's like, but not the cool whites. Like, if you know what's up, like you know what's up, not y'all, but them other ones over there. <laughs> y'all are sure that's how
1: I feel about vegans, <laughs> anyways.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> Shout out to you.
1: Um, Keep saving the planet by night. <laughs> they do mess up the environment. E-
0: okay. We're getting out of here. Um, so yeah, so this week, um, so just currently what's going on in America, there is the trial of Derek Chauvin, I think is how you pronounce his last name. It's currently happening. Um, we're getting testimony after testimony of witnesses, his superiors that are all saying like, homeboy was at the line. Um, there was no reason for him to use such ex- excessive force, especially for as long as he did. And it's going to be really interesting as this trial continues, obviously, once we get the verdict, that will be, um, that will really, I feel like, if they do not convict him, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, But thinking about this trial, and thinking about, you know, who decides who's guilty and who's innocent obviously there's the the public at large and the media and all of that stuff but one of the often overlooked <laughs> groups for people at large tends to be the jury and all of the cases that you know were so it seems so clear cut and dry um the jury chose to not convict. The jury chose, like, it was hung or they had to acquit or whatever. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit today because outside of your, like, maybe ninth grade civics class, you probably don't know shit about a jury unless you've, uh, you know, served jury duty. I don't know, what is your experience with knowing, like, what a jury is and, like, what they do and that kind of shit?
1: Um, I feel like I'm probably don't know drastically more than the <laughs> average person. So when it comes to juries, um, I understand that, you know, people get selected for jury duty and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be made up of a group of your peers. So they're all locals who come to do juries mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a modern context where a, a good chunk of it's random. And so they try to make it random so that it's not supposed to be selected, but you know, certain counties and cities and states don't like the randomness of that. They like to put the odds in their favor. And so when there's a trial, the judge leads the trial. And so the jury hears what the lawyers have to say, and then they meet amongst themselves in secret and talk about what should actually happen. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So the role of the jury is essentially to provide unbiased and impartial views in the court of law um they're there to help support fairness in the trial and the the right to a jury it's actually in the constitution the 6th amendment the first part says in all criminal prosecutions the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed so essentially it is the defendant it is the accused right to have um, a public jury, like you said, their peers, their equals that can weigh in on what the lawyers are arguing for or against. And based on the evidence that is provided, come to some type of verdict and weigh in on whether they believe the accused is actually guilty or innocent. And it's important to remember that all accused, anyone that is brought to trial is supposed to be looked at as innocent until proven guilty. You know, it is, it is the lawyer's work. It's the defense. It's the prosecutor's work to, um, show how guilty It's supposed to display the evidence and show that the accused is actually guilty. So the jury plays a huge role in, um, and that and that process, and keeping communities safe, and it's you know you hear about jury duty being like one of our civic duties as a citizen. It's just something that we're supposed to do. Um, before we get into the backstory, I just wanted to explain. So the current jury qualifications, and I got this from the U.S. Courts.gov, you have to be a U.S. citizen, uh, at least 18 years old, reside primarily in the judicial district for one year. Um, adequately adequately proficient in English, no disqualifying mental or physical conditions, not currently subject to felony charges, punishable by imprisonment for more than one year, and never been convicted of a felony. Obviously, we know in some states that's not necessarily true. They, they well, actually, I'm thinking of voting. Never mind. Roll back, roll back, roll back. In some states, felons are allowed to vote, but you can't sit uh, for the jury. And um, and that wasn 't always the case, well the u s citizen thing will uh, kind of be what stops black people from being you know from being called to be a juror um, <laughs> during the rise of America until eighteen sixty eight when the Fourteenth Amendment states that all persons born or naturalized in the u s are in fact legal u s citizens um of the of the country and the state that they reside in so becoming a citizen one would think okay that means black people are now able to be (laughs) called for jury right just like one plus one equals two doesn't that make sense (laughs) yeah news flash buddy
1: that's not how this happens. In that's ha-
0: that's not how this that's not how this happens at all. Um I found this really interesting jury qualification form that talks th- that talked about like what they were looking for or what kind of inha- and it impedes people from being selected as um being called for jury. And the last sentence was information concerning race is required solely to enforce non-discrimination in jury selection and has no bearing on an individual's qualification for jury service. So there's a theme that is reoccurring, and it's this idea that only white people can actually be colorblind in a trial. Only white people can sit on the jury and hear a you know, hear both sides and be able to come to the conclusion irregardless of race. Only the only white people can do that, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking so, joke. Nineteen
1: sixty nine. Yes. Country that just went through the Civil 1860, War, over 18, slavery.
0: Eighteen sixty nine. Yes.
1: And just a few, you know, just several months ago, dozens of months Mm -hmm. ago, war ended about slavery. But the people who had the slaves for 200 years are the ones who are colorblind. Am I understanding this correctly? That the people who had the slaves and hung the people, called them niggers and killed their kids and kidnapped them from thousands of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hundreds of hours away. Mm-hmm. Or the ones that are colorblind. blind I'm, like, I'm I'm understanding this correctly.
0: Yes, yes, that's exactly that's exactly the case. <laughs> um the Civil Rights Act of eighteen seventy five Bans racial discrimination and jury selection, places of amusement, and public accommodations. And so uh because obviously people
1: be niggers on roller coasters.
0: <laughs> well, they're just allowed. They're supposed to be allowed on the roller coasters now. Um there was an episode we recorded a while back and you mentioned how laws might change, but public opinion takes so much longer. You know, like the way that people at large process things, they're not on the level. It's weird because sometimes the public opinion is what pushes laws to change. And other times there is pressure because it should be laws need to be changed. But that doesn't mean um, especially the people that are what's the word I'm thinking of Um they benefit from certain laws being in place they are very slow to change their mind so yeah the 14th amendment comes and that's in 1868 and the Civil Rights Act comes in 1875 um, just because they had to double down it's like okay well we said this thing we're not We're not entirely sure y'all heard us we're <laughs> not fucking around buddy <laughs> We're not entirely sure y'all got it. We're hearing some rumblings. There's still some issues. So let's just clarify what we meant. Um, The Blacks are allowed to be called for jury. They're allowed on the rail cars. They're allowed at these beaches. That's literally what was supposed to happen. Sorry if we didn't make that clear enough for (laughs) y'all.
1: This is take two here. This is take two. (laughs) We're going to get it right this time.
0: Um oh my god yeah uh and so i found a, a very interesting case Strouder versus west virginia in 1880 um it was a black man a former slave was convicted by an all-white jury um of murder And I don't really want to go into his case because it is kind of crazy. I will say he got caught in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Shout out to the city, Uh, but not really. Um, So he said that he was not obviously he was not able to have a fair trial because he had an all white jury and the state level. So West Virginia threw out the motion and it ends up going to the Supreme Court and they agree that um, so they agree and they essentially state like it's not guaranteed that you just because you're black, you will have a, a black jury or even a mixed race jury. But um, prosecutors cannot actively and unlawfully exclude potential jurors simply based on race. And in that case, they found that jurors had been excluded completely on the base of race. So he is given a new trial. Um. Yes. Okay. Uh sorry. I don't know why I was reading like that on in the mic. <laughs> um and it's interesting because you know something in the constitution mentioned like you're supposed to like you're supposed to have your your court in the county where uh, where the crime was committed. And we hear a lot about trials being moved because they think the jury will be too connected to the case. And just foreshadowing like that is, <laughs> it's interesting when and where they decide to use that excuse just like keep that in mind and if you ever decide if you're ever interested in looking up old court trials not even ones that are that old even within the last 10 years and like oh we decided to move this because um we think that the defendant won't have a fair trial. Do you think the defendant won't have a fair trial or do you think that they're probably going to be convicted or they're going to be let go because the people that are supposed to be called to jury that live in the community really understand what's going on? And it will be a lot different if you completely move the case. You can talk to the jury, talk them out of all types of things. Um yeah there's just something that i've i've I found interesting when I was like reading through um this information, and Plessy versus Ferguson happens, which essentially pulls back all of this like separate but equal, and we know that the South was really doing what the fuck they wanted to do for a long time um and Plessy versus Ferguson allowed them to do it without having to make so many excuses for what they were doing, if that makes sense.
1: That's really interesting how subjective that is, how subjective so much of this is, right, Mm -hmm. this law, but being able to just move that saying like, oh, this is too high profile for here, Mm -hmm. and just being able to skedaddle the case on up out of town.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Um, so before I get into the next trial, something that I mentioned to you earlier was think about this. So if only white people, white men specifically are being called to the jury during this time, this late 1800s, early 1900s, this is also This is post civil rights. We are now post reconstruction. Reconstruction essentially crumbles because the the Southern whites and fucking Rutherford behaves. I will never, as long as I live, I will never let that fucking nigga get any shit off. He's, okay, we're not gonna do that. Skirt, 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 back. (laughs) Okay, okay, we're we're here. (laughs) Uh,
1: Do you ever wanna know how to get under Savannah's skin? (laughs) <laughs> wear a Russell shirt. Be like, <laughs> because people
0: talk baby. about him like, oh, he was this great president. <sighs> okay, no. Okay, no, 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 no. Um <laughs> I tried, Joe. <y'all>. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um black people are being lynched at this time at a abhorrent rate. And they're al- I don't want to say they're allowed. White people are able to do this because what's going to happen? the police officers that were probably a part of the lynch mob are going to what arrest two or three people and then if they get arrested what's going to happen um, they still like, like charges have to be brought against them. Okay. Charges are brought against them and they're like faced, you know, they have a trial and then they have a jury, um, of people that were also probably in the lynch mob with them. You think they're going to be convicted? Like, come on, it just doesn't happen. And so we see hunt ha- literally hundreds, maybe thousands of, of, I've, I forgot to get that number because It was a crazy number of the amount of people that were lynched during like post-reconstruction to like 1930 or something. It was a crazy number. It was like one a week for 60 years or something like that. Um, Yeah, I
1: had that stat.
0: Yeah, it was roughly it was roughly that. So if you know that the likelihood of you, of anything happening to you is literally slim to none. And by slim, I mean 0.0007%. You're going to do what the fuck you want. Like, they were taking pictures of niggas lynched up and sending them as postcards to their fucking friends and family. Like, they were doing whatever the fuck they wanted. Had juries... Yo,
1: pause. Pause. hmm In 2021 terms that's basically using Lynch faces as gifts to send people in text conversations, like in a group chat and somebody does something, wild, that'd be like using somebody's face on like a Lynch thing and then sending it to be like your emoji.
0: Yeah. It was really just
1: to modernize what that really was like.
0: It was really nasty. Um, And so, and, and it also allows for, black people to their rights are being taken away because they're not even given the chance to go to trial for some of the things they're being accused of there's something something gets out there's a thought that some some white woman says oh this dude raped me without even questioning asking any like trying to find any further information it's just a mob is ready to attack and they're ready to kill um that's not justice You know, that's not legal and that's not lawful, but that's what happened. And in 1934, there's this huge case, uh, this group of boys known as the Scottsboro boys. There were nine teenage boys accused of raping two white women. Um, one of them says that he believes that his his trial was unfair one because they were not given proper counsel and two there were no black people in the jury and the Supreme Court found that in Jackson County where the crime was committed um in Morgan County where the trial ended up being moved the former so Jackson County had not had a black person on their jury for over a decade and Morgan County had never had a black juror in the history of all of their trials all of their cases never had a black serve, even though there were a high percentage of eligible black men that were able to be called on the jury roll. They just weren't, wow. they were actively left out. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's just what that was. Um, and, you know, we see a lot of cases, a lot of, a lot of cases like that, um, and just to bring it, uh, a bit more recent in 1965, Swain versus Alabama. So prosecutors have the ability to pick and choose the jury. Well, prosecutors and the defendant, the defending lawyers, you know, I don't know if you ever watched the OJ versus the people, the FX documentary that like, there's a whole thing about them going through all. All the potential jurors and them saying, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And they do it for specific reasons. They they pick people that they believe will help them win their case. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: In Swain versus Alabama, which happened in 1965, the prosecutor, so there are two ways that the, that lawyers can get rid of jurors. One is strikes for cause, which essentially just means um, the juror demonstrates unfit service. They don't meet the minimum legal criteria. They could be biased um, and They have to explain that to a judge. They have to explain their strikes for cause to a judge. They are also given peremptory strikes, which are just strikes like, oh, I don't like this juror, which they do not have to explain. The Swain versus Alabama case six jurors are moved from these peremptory strikes. The only The only black people that were that made it through the whole process ended up being removed by the prosecutors and with these peremptory strikes that they did not have to explain to the judge. So, um, yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and something very similar wow. happens wow. in um, Batson v. Kentucky in 1986. There are four black jurors that are removed from jury selection. Um, the defense actually wanted to discharge the entire jury and start over because they believe that prosecution purposely removed all the black jurors. The trial judge ends up denying their motion and Batson is ultimately um, convicted or is sentenced to death. They take it to the state level, the state upholds um, the decision based off of the Swain versus Alabama case, and then they take it to the Supreme Court, which which, uh, ends up overruling, and they agree that yes, these jurors were removed actively because of their color, not because of other things. Um, and they all go back to the 14th Amendment. Like a lot of these cases, a lot of civil suit cases go to the 14th Amendment. And are these rights, were, was their right infringed upon as a U.S. citizen? And you could say a whole bunch of bullshit and make it sound fancy um, and explaining why or why not their rights maybe were or were not infringed upon. But. <sighs> Yes.
1: Wow. So that last part, though. So the Supreme Court ended up overruling that. So mm-hmm. did they redo the yeah. jury in that um, Batson
0: case. What?
1: So you, you know what visual came to my head after that? This made me think. Like, I had, actually, the original thing was, like, when the Powderpuff girls would, like, fight Mojo Jojo. And then, like, Mojo Jojo would be swole that he got <laughs> bored. And like, oh, ah! And then it made me yeah. think about Scooby-Doo. Like, oh, you yeah, meddling yeah, yeah. kids. What was the meddling kids line Was that Scooby-Doo? And so it mm-hmm. made me think of that. Like, that's how, like, those white jurors. Or, I'm sorry, the white yeah. prosecutors were like, oh, oh yeah. you meddling kids. And I almost had it. Exactly. I almost owned this nigger. <laughs> and now we just put him in jail for like um, 34 years. Exactly.
0: Stay. But think about that. Like, <laughs> if you. Okay, let's move on. Because um, <laughs> I just. Oh, okay. I got those numbers Go for ahead.
1: you, actually, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was 4,084 mm-hmm. lynchings from 1877 to 1950 in 12 southern states which averaged to be about one a week. And the increasing of the lynching ratio went from... It was about six to one, black to white, back in like the 1860s. But it ended up over, by the 1900s, 17 to one. So 17 black people were lynched after 1900 for every one white person. So as America, Mm -hmm. legally got more progressive mm-hmm. white people and we black talked about what war. episode
0: was it we talked about um anytime black people make a few steps forward like there are whites standing and stopping progress being made. the white lash episode yeah that was the white um, lash episode so to wrap up <laughs> Uh, you know, we we look at juries, we don't really think much about juries, I don't think, but they're really important and they're really vital, not just for like the person's like civic duty, but it, it essentially, it helps to ensure that the defendant has a, a fair trial, like they're supposed to be judged by their peers, by people that view them as equals. So on the onset, if people are viewing someone as less than, as guilty because of their racial background, how could they ever get a fair trial? Um, uh, so three things that I found from the American constitution society, They found three reasons that are still continued to to be used in terms of racial jury selection. So obviously now it's a little bit harder to just come right out and say, like, I don't want this nigga in the jury jury pool. Um, So I found three things. One is this pretextual explanation. So they make these assumptions like, oh, I believe this person to be low intelligence or they wore tinted glasses or they were chewing gum. Or they're separated from a spouse. Like they ask, like uh, prosecutors and defend the the trial lawyers are able to ask jury jurors certain questions to see if they are actually fit to per you know to be a part of the trial. And they ask things that are very specific. And like, what is really what is someone separated from their spouse, or if they have sunglasses on, or if they're chewing gum? Like, what does that actually like have a- to do with them being able to be a juror in a trial?
1: Based on that, aren't there pretty much two divorced yeah. people for every married couple in America? Exactly. Isn't the divorce rate like 50%?
0: Exactly. <laughs> um,. um.
1: Yeah. wild.
0: The second I found was prosecutors face little to no accountability or responsibility for partaking in these practices. They just get to try the case again. Like they're not reprimanded at all. So if they get called out on, it's like, okay, well we go back to square one. If we don't get called out, then we don't get called out. Also fucking crazy. Um, And the third one was uh, black drawers. That might be illegally excluded, have little to no means to seek retribution or prevent further discrimination. In 2011, the Equal Justice Initiative filed a civil rights lawsuit stating that the Alabama Attorney General at the time, Douglas Valeska, was illegally excluding blacks from jury selection in Houston and Henry County, especially in uh, serious felony and capital cases for decades. They alleged that between uh, 2006 and 2010, there are there were 86 percent. Uh, black people were eligible for jury selection. However, a lot of the trials had one single black person, if any, like a lot of them were actually all white juries. Sometimes there was one little speck of pepper in the jury selection. Um, and, you know, Alabama State threw out their case. I believe it's still something ongoing because, <laughs> that shit's crazy. Like if
1: this was a few years ago.
0: Yeah, literally, like ten years ago. So and this is still like an issue. Um, just like with voting, little things like that that take away black people's rights and ability to partake in you know, civic duties, um is unlawful. And, you know, there's this idea that black people on juries, like I mentioned at the head of the episode, um, black people on juries will essentially commit like jury nullification, which is essentially... They find the defendant not liable or not guilty, even if they believe from the evidence that the defendant is, in fact, guilty. So there's this argument that black jurors um, are hanging juries or they're quitting because of racial get back, because of distrust of police in the court system, and not wanting to lock up a black person. Like, it's their moral, their racial moral responsibility to... Just uh, vehemently object and 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 not go with convicting a black person, when that's not really the case at all. It can it be the case for some people? I'm absolutely sure, but we also do actually know that police will coerce and beat and do all types of shit to get to get a confession out of you. Um. And and prosecutors don't have to do a real hard time defending or trying to present the material if there's an all-white jury and there's a black defendant, especially if the crime they committed is against a white person. That's open, open, shut case. They're deliberating for two hours, and that is really only a, what's that word when you do something just for show?
1: Um, just going through the motions. There's a different word for it.
0: There's a different, there's a better word, but that's the word I'm thinking of. Um, which again is crazy it's like so the thought isn't being given that maybe the police are actually not doing their jobs properly or that prosecutors aren't defending properly the the blame is solely on the jury and it's expecting the jury to only convict like that's that's what the issue is it's like people aren't being convicted and they're not being sent to jail because black people distrust police and want to get some racial, I don't know, power back by not convicting a black defendant. When, like I said, that might be the case. But for the most part, like most people, black pe- people want to live in safe communities. You know? like
1: And, you know... Go ahead. There's this aspect that we both know that even black people's interests, which... Sometimes maybe. I don't know, I'm not full to we'll get back sometimes. I don't know. Like emotionally. Like, right. It's more kind of like what Chris Rock said. Like I'm not saying it's alright. But I understand. Yeah. yeah. But that said, niggas be so kumbaya to prove their moral uprighteousness to white people mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. that they'd be in these courts trying to be as righteous as possible to do what they have yeah. to do to prove that they're righteous. It just might be that I don't know, maybe these all-white jurors really be like, look at that nigga. He's so guilty. <laughs> and they just have gays that they have to each other yeah. that like they all communicate nonverbally. <laughs>
0: non-verbally. Yeah, but that's the thing that's so frustrating. It's like this idea that only white people can be colorblind in juries. They're the only ones where race won't get in the way. It's like are y'all niggas, are you kidding me? You have an all-white jury and they see a black defendant? Race is at least on a subconscious level in the fucking way. I watched this interview, um, you know, during the George Zimmerman trial. There were six jurors, all of them women. There was one that was a minority and she identified as a black Hispanic woman. She said that when they were deliberating, race never came up in their deliberations. And originally, um, there were three that said not guilty. One that said murder in the second degree. And two that said he, George uh, Zimmerman, committed manslaughter. And over the duration of 16 hours, um, they end up finding him not guilty because, and she said, because of the way that the law was explained to her, the whole stand your ground business shit, but race never came up. And it's one of those things where it's like that whole, I don't see color, colorblind shit. That's something that white people say to make black people feel bad for calling them out for being racist. Oh, I don't see color. Why the fuck don't you see color? Everyone else does. You're trying to. You're saying that to try to make <laughs> me feel better, to make me. Fi- I feel like that was something that people say as like, a, "Oh, I'm not racist. I don't see color." Well, Yo,
1: who is that dude? Edward Bernays, right? That PR specialist. Okay. Colorblind is some Edward Bernays shit to like get the whole population to start thinking. Oh, yeah. Let's just act like all this. American history didn't happen and like you just don't see race like that's some Edward Binet's like deep state shit mm-hmm. to get like society to attempt to like not be able to see race mm-hmm. when because is about racial bias uh, yeah. to say the least and yeah. you can't really you can't really do a whole lot that involves white people black people and even you know since immigrants in the 60s Asian people and, you know, various, uh, or even the 30s, other types of people, you can't really operate in America without considering We're generations away from this essence of people in America mm-hmm. and just citizens flowing, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be this consideration. So to really try to go through and look at an obvious situation where there's this white male and this pretense of authority and a black youth or especially a black person in a situation where they're definitely not an authority. Mm-hmm. Like just how we have codes for talking about white people and yes, black, your black friends have a way of, or for a white person listening to this, have a, have a way of identifying you without you knowing it. <laughs> just like you, or, or maybe mm-hmm. not you because you're great, right? Your, your colleagues, your coworkers, your family members have way of identify in Youth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in code words to not say black. We all have these things. Like, let's mm-hmm. just put that on the table. I'm. Sh- Listen, <laughs> if you're in an all-white room, and a black two black people are in the room. They have an eye look that they're on the same page, mm-hmm. and don't pretend that you and if you're listening to this, that you and somebody else don't have just this little connection when it's you and another person in the room and a black person walks in even mm-hmm. if it's a little thing to like I don't know a reminder to not be racist or something like that like yeah there's an identifier that you know that there's a black person in the room and
0: you if you're like you know when it's
1: morally upright just people you're to not be racist
0: mm-hmm. you're going to go
1: out of your way now not to be racist in a way that you yeah. might not have been if they weren't in the room there's a lot yeah yeah, like, we, I don't know, we just have these senses as people, right? It's unspoken.
0: Mm-hmm. I know it's there. I watched, uh, I think it was like this dude on TikTok who's white passing and he was talking about how like, so many parties he would go to just like so many things or where there would be like one or two black people and as soon as they left. I should say there would be one or two like visibly black people and as soon as they left white people would just nigger this nigger that or whatever and he was saying once he called someone out and he was like what they left like it's cool I can like do what I want not realizing that this dude was like half black he's just white passing um that shit happened to me you know when remember like uh, one of our earlier episodes I talked about when I was walking down the hall and my friend was on the phone talking to his mom and he, he called someone a nigger and then as he said it he turned around and he saw me and was like oh Savannah part of my French and I'm thinking what like why why would you say that period it doesn't matter that I happen to be walking down this hallway why are you so comfortable saying that shit like at all so what happens. I know y'all think y'all be getting shit off. You don't. Um, we're hip to it. We know what y'all do. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of it. I found some really, really interesting court cases. We'll, we'll definitely drop some more information on our IG. If you're not following, definitely check us out. We're going to be a bit more active. Um, the jury the jury situation in, in trials. They definitely play, I mean, obviously in bigger court cases, we don't necessarily see the jury and it's for their safety, um, which I understand. But when you look at the, especially in these high profile um, cases that revolve around race, particularly with the police, if black people and people of color aren't allowed to be called into the jury pool, um, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? I mean, and that's just like what it is because they're ultimately the ones that decide. They deliberate and they decide. And if they're coming in with a preconceived notion that the police are always right and if this person wasn't arrested, if, like if this person was innocent, they wouldn't have been arrested in the first place. Not even giving any thought or care about the fact that the police abuse their power um prosecutors can and have like held evidence from the defendants lawyers a lot of times um especially with people of color they might not have the means to pay for their own a lawyer. And so they're just given, you know, like the free court appointed lawyer who has 20 other cases and not, not even an hour to spend talking to this person to figure out what was actually going on. Like at the end of the day, they're just trying to get them a lesser sentence, not really trying to get them off at all. So yeah there's a lot that goes into it we might be expanding this and just talking about the judicial system a little bit more over the next coming weeks um but yeah i think that's i think that's the end of my bit on juries i don't know you want to talk about something else (laughs) before we get out yeah so
1: just have a little like yeah just some you know parting thoughts when we think about this transition line right like america being visibly racist right Mm -hmm. for hundreds for generations hundreds of years right right and then i don't know some point in the 70s deciding like oh yeah we're gonna like be like not racist and like colorblind and everything and it's crazy when that transition happens like still bad things happen and (laughs) it's like right we're gonna try to like have these underlying ways to do things to where we're not going to acknowledge race and so, just this little test for you all, right? You know, if this was 1911, 1921, you probably would hear somebody being outright called, well, that black guy probably did this, or that black woman did this, or that white guy, she, she was, that white woman was definitely like innocent, right? She didn't do all that. In the modern court of 2021, when you're on jury duty, bring up, hey, so what do you think about this black guy? And then I want you to watch how the rest of the jurors erupt in oh my god i'm not racism and watch the racism on display yeah bye